Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Hey everyone, how are you doing today? Um, we're just double checking that we're on. Yeah, we're um, live. Got the old notification. Nice, Dave. Sometimes yeah. I'm sure people have been in the comments saying, hello, how's it going? And we're going, are we still live? Are we live? <laughs> it does take a while sometimes for the comments to show um, yeah. because of uh, good old Facebook. But um, yeah, if you've joined us, do uh, post in the comments. Do let us know if you've landed. Um, yeah, another, another Tuesday tune in is going to be quite an interesting one today. Um, it's quite interesting. There's a new, I don't know if you can see this, Dave. There's a new... Wow, that automatically went into the screen today mm. from Leah. Dave, asking how's the knee? Can you see that? Uh, I can, yeah, yeah. Is it still hey, like a cactus? <laughs> is it still cactus or is it closer to grouse? I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think Leah might have accidentally gone Australian on us there. Yeah, um, full on Australian. Yeah, uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's good. <laughs> it's quite interesting yeah so that was auto done there i might um i might kind of uh switch that off for a bit just so we can uh we'll come we'll come to the questions a little bit later but yeah hey guys yeah um yeah like i said if you have joined give us a little thumbs up give us a, a little shaka if you can or everyone seems to be calling it the yeti these days although for anyone on here a yeti is actually this yeah um i've seen a lot of different hand and tongue things going on so uh, yeah, if uh, if you're on Facebook and you're posting yourself, don't forget to do it right. Um, but yeah, great to see some people on here. So we got Sital, Mark, Tallin, Mark, Brooke. great to see you on here. Scott, Gary, Brooke, Brooke is on. Brooke, you actually you're not outside doing an event. What's going on? Yeah, uh, well, to be fair, <laughs> Brooke had an amazing story. She went hiking the other day and stumbled across two nudists. Um, yeah, had to walk past a, Wales, isn't it? Yeah, know. had to walk past a dude just with a backpack on. You know, trekking pole hanging out it was just horrendous but yeah i would have just given pole, yeah i would have given yeah trekking pole and uh, and his duffel bags were hanging out i would have given good money to <clears> see <throat> brooke's face when she walked past that dude <laughs> well as brooke says work gets in the way sometimes um, clearly that was her work yeah. um <laughs> you know great uh, yeah I, I, I saw that and i thought it was quite funny but yeah great to see heaps of people on rachel all the way from hawaii again Great, Rachel. Do you get any sleep? Um, Gary Martin, Marky V, Jim. Um, we got Haley. We got Mona, of course. Mona, yes. We, are we live? <clears throat> Kim, Shona. Uh, speaking of, speaking of Mona, look what arrived today. I have a oh, new nice. CD. Yeah, it's very nice, isn't it? From Gaz's band. <laughs> um, yeah, just a just a little um, a little side. Um, yeah, Lauren's off today. She's she's not feeling too well. So Fee is actually on the. The comments today. She's um, on the phones. Yeah. She's on the phones. So yeah. See if you look you. over there. There's <laughs> Fee on the phones. Oh look, Brilliant. and look, just by there is an American. Look how happy she is to be on camera. <laughs> <laughs> Rosie, Poor do you feel Alex. left Poor out? Do you, want to look, do you want to go on camera? Hang on, wait, oh, wait. So there's there's Rosie. We put Rosie behind there. Nobody puts and Rosie in the corner. Jen is in her office over there, but you can't really see Jen. She's the lesser spotted. She is hiding in the mountains there. Wow, she is there. A tour day, wait, bro. wait, 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 wait. No, she's not coming. <laughs> she's not. <laughs> yeah, I'm being shouted at now. Wow. <laughs> she's not allowed on camera. She's, she's a myth. She is a myth. Well, if you were at Keswick Mountain Festival, you, you, you would have had a chance to chat to her because she was actually there. Um, but yeah, namaste, everyone, um, as Jerome has put on there. Jerome, Andy McNaughton-Jones, great to see you on here. Yeah, guys, great to see um, a lot of our regulars, some some newbies as well. Um, as always, so Dave, what, what are we what are we talking about today? The uh, well, secrets. The, the first thing is grouse means great, terrific. Cactus is seriously broken. Um, I would say it's like a grouse, but it's been winged by a hunter. So it's alive, it'll recover, but it's not great. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, or grouse has flown into a cactus. That's probably where I'm at. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, awesome. Yeah, so today we thought we're going to go a little bit... Um, 
yeah, something we've talked about before, really, but maybe will come a little, little bit different. So me and Andy have been packing our bags relentlessly over the last sort of couple of weeks, not actually to go anywhere, annoyingly, but we've had the training weekends, which have been awesome. So we pack a bag each for one of them. Um, yeah. And then we uh, have been doing like the live, which we did with all our bags and stuff. Yeah. And it just got us thinking, like me and Andy always have the same discussion every time we pack our bags. What you put in there? What you put in there? You think we'd know what each other puts in, but you know what? It changes over time. And yeah. also we we're a little bit different in terms of we got very similar experiences but you know like everyone else in this world we're different we're individuals what andy wants at high altitude to keep him happy and comfortable is perhaps different to me so we thought about right let's talk about the little uh the little tips secrets hacks and benefits that you can take with you and talk about all the other stuff that you can uh, uh mm-hmm. leave behind i'm getting very distracted because in my ear i'm being shouted at that my battery's low um, so <laughs> oh, nice. i'm gonna find plug it in, Dave. Plug it in. i'm gonna find a cabler it's not like um it's not like us to have any tech issues dave so no no oh, so yeah out. yeah it's really distracting you i have caused a ruckus here thank you fee <laughs> brilliant what's your uh, what's your thought now dave yeah so as dave said we're, we're talking about all the different things that we, we we pack when we pack although you know we wish we were um yeah going on some trips right now so we'd actually be packed going on a trip that being said um really excited i know there was a lot of um uh, there was an announcement last week wasn't it with some changes here in the UK in terms of, um, you know, certain countries coming off lists, et cetera, and, and, and one list wasn't it getting scrapped, obviously, depending on where you are in the UK. Um, but, yeah, I think that was a positive sign, at least, um, you know, in, in terms of uh, some trips. I know, obviously, with Morocco, um, you know, being on, on, on the now the rest of the world list, um, again, depending on where you are in the UK. Yeah, um, that's really positive. And we can see a lot of people um, sort of thinking, OK, right, awesome, going to get on to, to Tupacal now. Um, yeah, and if you are keen to do Tupacal, don't forget to, to get on the website and have a little look. We've got quite a lot of groups now at the end of this year. Um, you know, I'm really excited to actually be running some trips, and I'll be going um, with a couple of Evertrekkers and a little bit of a birthday thing. But, um, yeah, we're out in, in Morocco uh, in November. So, yeah, really excited just to be yep. out there trekking again, and, you know, seems like so long. Um, anyway, went off on a tangent there, but, yeah, just just thought uh, we dropped that in because we've been really excited. Um, you know, I'd, I'd be excited personally. I know Dave and rest of the guys really excited about getting and starting running trips again which is uh yep. you know which is what we want to get back to um yeah so we're really excited but dave right then where, where should we start if i was going to throw at you then um okay a little little secret thing that you take with you on your trips yep um you know whether it's everest base camp kilimanjaro yep what, what, what where would you where would you start with that mate um yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because there's probably a lot of little things that I pack that make things a little bit easier. Yeah. One of the things I, I I I tend to focus on. So when you're going trekking, whether that be especially on Kilimanjaro, but even if it's Nepal or Machu Picchu, yeah. there's obviously um, you want to look after your, like your personal hygiene at least a bit. Um, not necessarily because I'm too worried about how bad I smell. But if you start to let things get like too slack and you don't clean your body sort of on a regular basis, it's, you start yeah. to get lots of different problems. Like you can get sweat chafing and stuff like that. So one yeah. of the things that I do is I, I pack a lot of little things that are to do with personal hygiene to uh, to the extent where I'll like I'll unpack things if I need to, because they have to take priority for me. So one of the things that I do, they're always on my keys and on here look, is um, look little set of nail clippers perfect nice you know that's it they don't weigh nothing they don't weigh anything like that but on a longer trip and stuff like that you want to keep your nails in particularly on your feet as well because um you would i have lost count of the amount of treks i've gone on where i've met people who have lost toenails and have had to like you know tape up their feet and things like that just because they didn't calculate that on like a a long particularly on some of the longer nepal trips you know that are potentially like 18 days you know, yeah. well, that's over two weeks. <laughs> well, normally back home, you do cut your nails by then, right? So it makes a little bit of difference. But there's little things like that that I do, um, that I do. And also, um, uh, I, I, I'm a newcomer to dry shampoo, but that started yeah. coming on my stuff as well. So, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I know, I mean, we discussed this kind of off, off camera now, but it was, you know, when we when we first started to go trekking at high altitude, you know, and, and multi-day trips, you know, or, you know you're, away, you're away from your home for, what, a couple of weeks. And you're thinking, um, you know, the things you used to take and then the things maybe you kind of realize you don't actually need now. Yeah. It's kind of a key one. I think, um, I mean, obviously, depending on what trip you're going on, because, you know, we, we do a lot of different trips now. But if we can stick into the key ones. Yeah. Like if you go into the Everest region, um, you know, trek into Everest Base Camp, if you're climbing Kilimanjaro, if you're trekking to Machu Picchu, um, 
you know, sort of those main three, if you like. Um, there's certainly, I think, when you're when you're hiking because of the the way it works with your porters. Like we were saying that in the in, and I, I forgot about this actually, but on my first base camp trip, I actually took a, a backpack, like my, the one I use for backpacking. Yeah. Um, whereas now we use duffel bags, don't we, Dave? I know that was yeah. a kind of a big change that we almost forgot about and just got lost. Well, yeah. The ether. I mean, this is why it it brings to mind two things currently. The one is that I know, but without a doubt, that you can get in everything you need under fifteen kilos. Yeah. Um, if you're wearing your boots and carrying a camera, that type of thing, everything that goes in the bags can be under fifteen kilos. Second thing I know is that yeah. Um, when I first went to EBC, it was after I saw you and I was looking at your pictures and things like that and looking for clues. And one of the things I saw was that your porter was carrying your rucksack, yeah. which wasn't like a day pack. It was obviously like a, you know, like a 70 liter rucksack. And so that's what I went and bought. And my yeah. entire setup, everything that I wasn't on my body came to around 22 kilos, you know, to give or take, yeah. Yeah. you know, and by the time I took out my casual stuff, I was easy 15 you know so but now yeah you're right the porters um when you go to these countries they don't carry things like like we do with a single rucksack most of the time they have to carry two duffel bags so they yeah. use the traditional methods of carrying them so in nepal that'll be the sort of on the top of their back with the strap yeah, i forget the like name this, yeah and they'll, they'll strap them yeah. together so in the morning when you wake up your duffel bag needs to be ready to go by your front door by your bed and yeah. they'll pack them two together so that's that room sorted two bags per room pack them together strap them up on the back of a porter strap in the head there is a name for it but i forget and that's how they carry them sometimes in africa you'll see them carrying them on their heads like that you know so yeah. they'll stack two bags and they'll walk and carry them on their heads um it's far easier and more natural for them to do it that way so and also duffel bags are just easier because when you've got the big rucksack like me and andy first took well when you open a duffel bag it's all laid out there in front of you it's only about two items deep well actually if you want to get to something at the bottom of your bag you have to unpack the whole thing and then put it all in again you only got to do that two three times before you start to lose the will to live <laughs> you know yeah it's, it is it is interesting isn't it how the, the, those that has changed and Certainly, you know, over 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 time, we've certainly moved over to certainly trying to get a, a lighter pack, um, you know, which which has its pluses and minuses, because you know, I think one thing we, we should definitely say is that you pack what you need. Yeah. Um, you know, you can pack super light in in proper survival mode, can't you? But you know, some people who like a bit more comfort and they want, um, you know, maybe to have more underwear, you know, because some people like to have, you know, clean underwear all the time. I mean, it's very hard, isn't it? If you're going away for say two or three weeks on a trip to have yep. clean underwear all the time. I think you've got to get comfortable in your mind that you're going to be reusing some of that underwear um, because it's very difficult to clean it and dry it whilst you're, um, you know, at, at high altitude. So that's something that, um, yeah, you can certainly get away with making a bit lighter. I mean, for instance, um, Dave, I know me and you are very similar. We probably use, what, about four or five pieces of underwear in like a two-week trip? Yeah, it's worth um, investing yeah. in the expensive stuff, the merino yeah. wool. They, you know, they're between 20 and 30 pounds for a pair of boxes, which is, you know, pretty horrific. Yeah, quite, but quite if you buy yeah. them over time, so if you book your trip a year in advance, <clears throat> getting three, four pairs is not a huge investment. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't wear them every day. They're, they live in my trekking bag and I wear them when I'm trekking. But they make a massive difference um, because they are antimicrobial yeah. and stuff like that. So I'm being asked a question, Ali, you can shout that to me. If you're allergic to wool, buy synthetic stuff. So there is, uh, oh, bamboo. I think there's bamboo-related ones that are really good. So you can get those bamboo ones and things like that that um that tend to be really, really well. And apparently, they're, they're really anti-chafe as well. So yeah, have a look at the bamboo fiber um, pants. I think, Andy, you told me about the bamboo stuff. Because I remember thinking it'd be a bit so. stiff, right? But, <laughs> but yeah, no. And yeah, four or five pairs of boxes. One thing I should mention as well that I usually do pack as well. I got this from Mick Hamilton on a training weekend. This is why these are so valuable. It's not just yeah. one way. You know, we learn just as much from you guys uh, on those things as well. You know, and he, had, he had this can of stuff. And I'm sure it's called Wash to Go or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it's it just looks like a can of like hairspray or something and you spray it on your clothes and it smells really nice and it's antimicrobial. Um, and it does. It's, it's the best. It's the next best thing to wash in your clothes. 
you know, and you just literally spray it, hang it up, and the next day it's awesome. Um, so I do bring that on me with the treks as well. Um, because if, you know, you've got a base camp or Kilimanjaro and it's really, really hot, um, by about day four or five, your base layers are becoming to get a bit ripe. You're attracting too many flies. You know, yeah. when you finish the day's trekking, spray that stuff, hang it on the outside of the tent. A couple of hours later, it's like a brand new base layer. It's like it's been for the nice. It's awesome. Because that, that goes, and I was chatting to Alan, um, who came, uh, who was 74, trekked with us to base camp a couple of years ago. He's going back to do Annapurna um, next year when he's 75. And he was he was saying, um, you know, I, I was quite surprised at this, but, you know, everyone's, everyone, uh, you know, has their own way. And he only uses two um, pairs of underwear for the entire trip, um, you know, which is which is awesome. Uh, but again, has the similar, I, obviously, in terms of cleaning them and things, he, he obviously uses a similar sort of thing to Mick. Yeah. Um, one thing as well, I know we're, we're in the middle of talking about it, but um, Jerome, which I'm going to bring it in, actually. Uh, Yeti, do we get early morning wake-up call to give time to pack? Uh, good question. Um, yeah. In uh, and Jerome, I know you've done Killy and, and, and you're obviously going over to, to Everest Base Camp. Uh, I know in Killy, um, certainly on the trips we run, and I know you, you didn't come with us on this trip, but yeah, you do get a little wake-up call, um, you know, on Killy. Uh, usually we, we have uh, sort of washing bowl because some people want to wash um, and a nice warm cup of tea or coffee. Um, that's generally what we get when um, when we're uh, on Killy. Every space camp is a bit different because it depends on the group and depends on the guide. Because I think the guide and Dave, I know it's been different because we've had a chat about it before. You know, some guides like to say, OK, right, we're having breakfast at this time. So be ready, guys. And they'll brief you the day before um, and they'll kind of gauge what type of group it is. Are you, are you a group that you know are on it and you prefer to? to kind of start earlier yeah. or will you need a kick out of bed and they'll get to know you as time goes on and if you're you know you're on time and you're obviously really good at it they probably won't but i know some from before some groups i've been on um that would like a little bit of a lay-in uh, and they needed a kick out of bed so yeah it, it just depends on on the group um, yeah. we're not kind of rigid with it like that it just depends on the type of people in the group and, and the guide always leads that um in terms of what the best is so yeah it's, it's a good um that's a good question, though. I say most people and, and Dave, I think we, we were very similar to this. Like, for instance, you kind of get up, don't you? Um, yep. And then you, you, you kind of pack your stuff and you go down and have breakfast and then you come and grab it before you leave. Right. That's that's kind of. Yeah. So, thing. yeah, generally on EBC, it's been a while now, weirdly. But um, yeah, exactly like that. So the guide will tell you in the morning. So say breakfast at seven, breakfast at seven thirty. So the idea is that you are pretty much you know most of the way ready so i wake up in the morning i'll get fully dressed like i'm ready to go trekking go downstairs have my breakfast and then you might just nip back up to the room grab your bag come down or you might bring it with you and fill your water but essentially while you're having breakfast the porters are you know getting the bags ready they've been up for hours you know so they're waiting for us to get up and go so they're yeah. getting the bags ready um so the idea is i think pretty much you know when you come down for breakfast be ready if you do need to get something it's not too late at that stage but yeah. if everyone's like ready to go and then you think oh i just need to get something for my duffel too late <laughs> you know it, it, it's up it's halfway up the mountain but generally yeah, speaking i would say it's best to rely on yourself to wake up in the morning so most people have yeah. phones on them like me and andy you know we always share a room when we go away and either me or andy will set an alarm andy will wake up before it watch and um, <laughs> yeah and i'll stay in bed till the alarm goes off <laughs> It depends uh, if there's a good sunrise, you know, you get, you know, I've got up early a few times. And well, I know you've banged on my window else. before at like 5.30, banging on the window. I'm like, what? What's going on? Earthquake? And he's like, Dave, come and look at the sunrise. And you force yourself out. And it is worth it. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, that was a Tengboche, right? Uh, Tengboche, yeah. You were banging tengboche, on the window yeah, at 5.30. Blam, Everest and, oh, man, yeah. It was Beautiful. worth it. It was stunning. Um, yeah. I'll be honest, I, I was cold and tired, <laughs> but it is yeah, worth it. The, uh, the views are better than coffee, right? I bet that woke you up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, milk coffee or coffee with milk. Either one's fine with me. But um, yeah, no, it's great. So in terms of then, and so if yeah, I was yeah, to yeah. say, um, what's one thing that you used to pack that you no longer do? Hmm. Let's have a look. What did I used to pack? Um I'll tell you one thing now that it is a different way to pack the kind of I never used to. Uh, so I suppose this is the reverse of that is that, Dave, you know, I'm, I'm literally a, a chuck it all in and then find it person, right? Andy's bag upsets me um, greatly. You know, but it, it just works for my brain. That's, that's you know, I, I kind of still know what everything is. But um, obviously our good friend Tom uh, introduced packing cubes to yourself and me 
Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple of years, a few years ago now. It's revolutionized um, my life. Yeah. And you know what? That's something I do even on like, you know, nights away. If I'm going to yeah. an event here in the UK, like we went to Keswick last week. Uh, if I'm going down to Cornwall, like I went for a festival or if I'm going on a training weekend. I use those packing cubes wherever I go now just because it's, um, you know, it just separates it. It keeps everything where it needs to be. And I think it's just it's one less thing to think about. So when you're on a trek and, you know, you've got your, um, you know, because some people you use uh, stuff sacks. Um, so, for instance, if you if you had stuff sacks that was just your warm gear, you knew that if you need it warm and, you know, it's, it's got a cold couple of days, you know where that is. So I do that with the um, the packing cubes that we, um, you know, I'll put like all my base layers and all my T-shirts and all my upper layer stuff in one packing cube. And I'll put my trekking trousers and my jeans or whatever and in the other one. And then I have one purely for underwear. And then I'll do that in the whole bag. And then the bag just becomes a bit more structured. And then so I've got that nice and tidy. And then it just seems to, for some reason, have more space. So I can put my boots in there. I put my... Um, uh, sleeping bag you know yeah. i've got my trekking shoes you know i've got my stuff bag of electric so I, that's one thing i do is that i have one bag that has all of my chargers and all of my cables and my power adapters and things like that so again i know what all my electrics are in it and look guys you know you're all probably doing this sort of thing as well i don't sound like i'm trying to teach you to suck eggs because you probably do it already but yeah that's something i did uh, didn't do that I do now, just from yeah. just from just some experience. I mean, just realizing that uh, you're always looking for something that you need. Well, this is a better way to organize yourself. I think, yeah, that's yeah. something I would do. Um, I, I just picked up there is Leah's birthday, is it? Yeah, wow, happy birthday, Leah! Many hey. happy returns. Um, happy that's awesome. Also, well, I just doing on your birthday. What are you doing? Go and have fun. Dedication. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not sure what time it is on Australia now. So it might be it might it might be really super uh, early. Yeah, it's almost or super late. Yet um but yeah the other thing is so that spray that i mentioned guys it wasn't called wash to go it was called day two um so nothing like wash to go i don't know where i got wash to go from um in fact i think i'm going to go and buy the uh, domain for wash to go later and <laughs> but, but um yeah it's really good it's called uh, day two you buy it on amazon fees put the link yeah. in there so have a look at that it's really really good i highly recommend it not only just for my um my trekking equipment but you know my, my my casual stuff so i can bring two t-shirts and that's enough because i know that in the night i can spray them and clean them and it's clean again the next day it's brilliant um yeah nice. i think definitely the packing cubes though has changed my life because i tried to have my bag as neat as possible i would say mine was a couple of degrees neater than andy's bag <laughs> but i get stressed about like have i got everything where Andy seems to just be able to have everything. On the way to Killy, drive into Heathrow in the back of the van, Andy completely emptied his bag all over the van. And I was looking at it like, I can't even look at that. That is, <laughs> that is freaking me out. I know, but like me and Steve are driving and we look back and Andy was there like, where is it? And it's just everywhere. And I'm just looking at it like, that's got to be on a plane in an hour. <laughs> and then I, I can't even, I, I'm not even looking at it. But actually, yeah, he never no forgets anything. So it's whatever system works for you. But the packing cubes, yeah. I remember walking into Tom's room. And I walked in and saw his bag, and I was like, "What? What's 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 going on there, Tom?" <laughs> I was like, oh, I just, like, and he was like, and he pulled it out, and he was like, "This is mud for my pants." And so I've done the same it's ever worse, since. Um, I think that if I had to answer that question myself, you know, one thing yeah, that I yeah. used to bring out everywhere on my trip, so you don't really need it any, is um, a Swiss Army knife. Okay. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Now you can bring one if you want. A lot of people do because they find it handy to have those types of things. I've been on like loads of treks. I've never needed one ever, um, but some people have, and I, I respect it if you want to bring it. However, I will say be careful on two fronts. So one, it will get confiscated by the Lukla plane people. Um, I saw we're boarding a plane to Lukla. Someone had a Swiss Army knife, and it got confiscated. So because they had it in their pocket. Yeah. Um, also, you will get into trouble in Qatar, as I found out. Um, if you're flying through um, and you have that knife on you, I, I had. Yeah, I had something similar in Doha and um, yeah. yeah, had a little scary customs check when they found it because I totally forgot. Got away it with it, it Dave. Yeah, I totally got away with it. You know, just turned on, turned on that you know, that that white hot wit, that Welsh charm, and um, well, basically just like handed over the little penknife I had and slowly backed away. Uh, I didn't get shot, so that was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and what, what did what did Brooke say? Don't pack dodgy shaped hip flasks. Oh, Andy, I think you'll remember something like that, right? Yeah, you had a little bit of a problem. Um, yeah, that was 
little little um, a gift I had from a good friend of mine, James. Uh, we went up to, I think I might have uh, told this story before, but I'll say it again. We, um, yeah, we did a little, uh, little uh, we did a trek up in Scotland called the Lara Grew, um, which turned into a little beast because we did it in winter conditions and it took us like 17 hours. Anyway, his little gift, he bought me a shotgun uh, cartridge, a hip, uh, like a flask, uh, you know, whiskey, a hip flask. So, um, yeah, you know, me being me, you know, put it uh, in my bag, no worries. Obviously, you know, it's, it's quite big. I mean, to, to the eye, it kind of looks, doesn't look like, um, it doesn't, you, you would know it's not a shotgun cartridge. But anyway, um, I got through. Oh, wow, Dave, that's a bit random. <laughs> I, found it. I found it in a field. It just lives on my desk. And now you put it in your desk. That is nuts. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I took it. It's, it's about it's about yay big. So it's, yeah, it's pretty, pretty hefty. Anyway, um, got through security in, because uh, I didn't think it was an issue, um, in the UK, Doha. Um, yeah, all the way through. It wasn't until after Killian we were turning back that some gent um, yeah, pulled me aside and said, have you got a gun? And I was like, okay. Um, this sounds interesting. Um, no, and then he pulled me aside into some side room. His another person came, and they were they were quite uh, yeah quite forceful that they I definitely had some sort of weapon on me. Um, yeah, luckily I, I kind of they found it, and you know I, I had to go to their manager. So I think it was the third level just to actually realise that it wasn't a weapon. It was just a whiskey flask. Yeah. Um, and then I got I took it all apart and put it in separate areas so it couldn't look. Luckily I got to keep it. But yeah, I think it's just a lesson, really. Um, yeah, be a bit conscious. I mean, we, you know, we all we all think it's fine, um, you know, and you and you can make these mistakes. But um, as I as I've done, and yeah, just gotta be conscious of what you put in your bags because you never know. I mean, I know people have had it worse things, and I was quite lucky. But yeah, anywhere, and usually they're quite chilled out apparently in um, uh, Kilimanjaro Airport. So yeah, but I, I was quite lucky, got away with that one. Um, yeah, and it didn't I even think- have any whiskey in it. The more you fly, I mean, how many times have you seen me get searched and it's ridiculous? Like, I, I can't go yeah. through an airport without getting glasses. searched. I think it's the glasses, Dave. Well, yeah, I, I think it might be have something to do with the, um, you know, the colour of my skin. <laughs> but, like, so, yeah, every single time I go through um, customs, I get stopped and searched. It's just, yeah. I, I factor it in now. <laughs> you know, it's like them, it? factor factor an error in to get <laughs> through customs for me. But, um, yeah, so, you know, we've got packing yeah. cubes. We've got the personal hygiene stuff. Um, you know, we've mentioned, um, you know, merino wool is my personal preference recommendation. Yeah. But if you are allergic to wool, um, the bamboo stuff is, is, is tends to be really good. Um, I think, yeah, the other stuff is, you know, looking after your electronics and things like that and also yeah. your waste material. And this is one thing that I use um, a lot of Ziploc bags for and stuff like that. Um, because all the rubbish that we take up with us, you know, like the wet wipes and stuff that we use for keeping ourselves clean, you don't want to just leave that in the bin in your room or throw it in the bin in your tent because you want to make sure that it gets disposed of properly. So having these little Ziploc bags and stuff like that is really good, you know, because you just stuff all the, you know, the toxic underpants that you have in one. Um, Yeah, it's really good. (laughs) Sorry, just reading some of the comments there. Um, very funny <laughs> about talcum powder and putting it in your shoes. Yeah, probably not a good idea that one. Yeah. Um, so a really good idea actually was from Lee Stevenson. Uh, use coloured packing tubes, red for emergency stuff, orange uh, for emergency stuff, orange for things I might not need, and green for things I'll definitely need. That's, a, that's taking it to another level. That's really good. I know. Obviously, you can put labels on it. I think Andy mentioned that as well. Um, yeah, just taking it to another level. That's a really good idea, guys. I'll um, yeah, might have to try that. Yeah. Um, but again, you obviously work whatever works for you. I know. Some people just kind of go with it and other people like to have things, um, you know, ready to go and you know exactly where you are. And yeah, I can certainly see it from both sides. Um, but yeah, some really good. That's a good idea there. Um, yeah. And Leah, I get searched every time Airport yeah, three hours early. Wow. Yeah, that's mad. It's um, you can do it's, um, you know, there's a, it, you get checked anytime and it can cause you aggro. Sometimes you, you can't foresee it and you just got to roll with it. That's part of traveling, isn't it? And, part of the part of the adventure um yep. yeah just common sense i think with certain things um i've certainly lacked a bit of common sense at certain times but that's just a lesson and we're all learning every day is a learning day right yeah um but right dave right it's okay we could talk about some juicy things um swiss army knife electric bag um i know something that we both use now and we both take um that is very valuable and i know we take gorilla tape now don't we that we I, I gorilla tape yeah Gor- gorilla tape's brilliant um basically it's just like super strong duct tape 
Um, it's part of two types of tape, actually. I bring zinc oxide tape, but that's to like if I get blisters. Luckily, I don't get yeah. blisters because I wear really good boots um, and uh, have good insoles and stuff like that. But I saw I don't get blisters anymore. But yeah, the Gorilla tape is brilliant. You know, I've repaired um, and I started packing it because of a trip in Brecon I did years ago yeah. where I knew that the strap on my favorite bag was getting a bit sort of frayed. But I put my bag down and it got caught like on a little bit of a rock. And then when I picked it up, I just kind of grabbed it and it just it just snapped the bag. Not completely, but it was held on by a few threads. And a friend of mine had some Gorilla tape. First time I ever heard of it. And this is going back 10 years or more. Strapped it around the bag. I'll be honest with you, I didn't replace the bag for about three months. I just used it with the Gorilla tape on it. Um, Yeah. And I've done the same with laces and boots and stuff. So any type of tape like that is brilliant. Duffel bags, waterproof jackets. You can put the tape over and stuff if you get a rip in it. Um, if your umbrella gets a tear in it, you can put it in your umbrella. <laughs> there's, there's loads of, you can put it on your face if you want to shave and pull it off. Um, no, nah, I'm joking. You can't do that. But no, it's really, really good stuff. And um, it saved our bacon a few times. Uh, me and Andy went to the Adventure Travel Show in London. And uh, we oh, were told wow, that. Oh, yeah. That's right. First year, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? First year we had. And we had a magnetic sort of backdrop that we told would, you know, work on the boards that they have. Um it didn't <laughs> so literally rushed down to the van get the gorilla tape and saved us for the travel show brilliant wow yeah you never know what goes on behind the scenes guys but uh, gorilla tape isn't far away um <laughs> we were lucky we, we kind of learned learned from that although this time we did have some gorilla tape didn't we uh we, we take it wherever we go now even for the keswick mountain festival we had some right yeah even though we yeah didn't need it on that level but yeah it's brilliant and someone's saying um uh, so leah gorilla tape is yeah, it's like duct tape, but it's thicker. Yeah. It's almost like a, it's got like fabricy weaves in it, so it's not just like, but yeah. And then I'm also getting a recommendation here, and believe it or not, from uh, I will try it out from uh, Kirsten, who said T-Rex tape, gorilla tape, but even thicker. I'm gonna look up T-Rex wow. tape. I'm working I my way these up. People are coming up with these product names. They, 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 you know, they're really going up now, aren't they? In size, what's what's the next one? Yeah, I think so. I think someone probably started with rhino tape. Well, it started with duck, didn't it? You know, because obviously, I think it was ducked may have been where it started then that became duck tape then you know a rhino could kill a duck wow maybe a gorilla i don't know if a gorilla would fight a rhino it's a good question we should do a tuesday tuning on it but then yeah so i think it started with duck and then worked its way up and now we've gone to t-rex so above t-rex i don't know what you're gonna have what you're gonna have what's bigger than a t-rex stegosaurus pick up stegosaurus tape stegosaurus it's my second favorite dinosaur doesn't quite doesn't quite roll off the tongue does it yeah my first favorite dinosaur is a a triceratops Let's get some Triceratops tape. That's, that's Triceratops tape. Yeah, Triceratops. Happy with that. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, I know we're going off on a few tangents now. We um we got heaps of questions that have come through before, and I, I can see have, have coming on as well. Um, I'm trying to sort of cover it off. It's not too much else really. I know we've we've covered, um, yeah, definitely in terms of weight, stuff sacks, packing cubes, things like that. Um, with moving on because there's a few things I think we've had some questions around specific, um. Uh, specific items like someone's uh, Jerome I think I mentioned about first aid kit we'll come back to that in a sec Jerome but Lee Davey asked um, specifically in terms of a couple of questions he e- emailed in um, are there any prescription drugs we can't take I presume at high altitude and also as well what is the, the best bottles what is best bottles or a water bladder um, Dave any any kind of prescription drugs you that we, we um, recommend at altitude so any sort of um control substances you know so if you're prescribed anything like morphine um weirdly i did know someone that brought um oromorph tablets um to kilimanjaro and didn't have a problem with it but you want to be quite careful with that stuff because they are controlled substances you won't necessarily be able to show them a prescription that'll be a valid reason for having it um i read a story i believe about a woman who was visiting her husband and i think it was in turkey and she brought a load of tramadol in and she ended up going to prison for that, you know. So I would say any controlled wow. substances like that, morphine, tramadol, opiates, you know, be careful um, with those types of things. Mm. If you are taking them, try and get as much sort of supporting evidence as you can. Yeah. Um, that's probably pretty rare. Most people don't bring it. Other than that, I've never had any trouble bringing anything like that through. Um, any prescription medications and stuff has never really been a problem. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think just I think, be careful um, and. Yeah, sorry, Dave. I was just saying, in terms of ones that altitude doesn't agree with, which I think might be another another angle of it. There's um, there's some evidence around. Um, I say if you if you if the females out there, if you're taking, um, if you're on the pill, um, yeah, there might be. There are some. And again, I, I don't know the specifics, but it's worth chatting with your GP. 
um, because apparently it can kind of mess with some other drugs that you take. I think especially on Killy, if you're taking um, anti-malarials, uh, apparently there's one that doesn't quite work with the pill. So yeah, just worth chatting to your GP or, or your, your health clinic. Um, obviously we recommend Nomad because um, you get a little bit of discount with them. Um, but any travel clinic, have a little bit of a chat. If you go into altitude or you, and, you know, maybe uh, to do a diamox, maybe taking diamox. Yeah. Or if you go into, say, um, Tanzania or, or anywhere that you need to take um, anti-malarials. Um, yeah, definitely have a chat with, with, with someone about that because it can, um, does have some, um, uh, it doesn't make it, it doesn't work or there's some issues with it. Yeah. Um, I don't know uh, specifically, but yeah, something to, to think about if we're talking about medication and just to ask anyone that's had uh, that discussion uh, who's already been to altitude or been to Killy or taken anti-malarials on the um comments today anyone that's had that um yeah definitely drop in the comments there if you've um had any experience with that kind of uh, discussion yeah i think um with places like nepal and stuff it's nepal tends yeah. to be a little bit more relaxed than perhaps most other countries yeah. so if you do get stopped with some sort of controlled medication you can have a discussion about it but particularly for Rebecca that said that she's prescribed tramadol for her knee um I would definitely sort of just check the laws you know because sometimes it is outright banned in certain countries and that person did get into trouble even though I believe it was prescribed but it was maybe like you know she got like three or four months worth and then sort of took it over and got into trouble so yeah it's just just to be careful I think that um anti-malarial you were talking about was larium um okay. i've heard some i've heard some horror stories about larium you know ptsd and psychosis and stuff but apparently it's, it used to be prescribed quite a lot during um some sort of uh, military conflicts to the soldiers and i think oh, it's wow. part and parcel there not a great thing um yeah so yeah. danielle you... katie is asked a question yeah sorry um, Dave. I, um, before we go into that i, I know uh, david asked about what best bottles or water bladder just to finish that off oh yeah um yeah in terms of I, we always recommend both because um, yeah, Lee, if you're you know with, I mean you can you can use either or, um, especially what what works for you. But we always think if you've got water in your 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 day pack, and you can easily sip that as you go, as well as having a water bottle, they can both get filled when you stop, and they're both uh, really useful. But again, as long as you're drinking the you know your three four liters a day, you know at altitude, um, whatever works for you. I think Dave, I know you use both. I use both. I know a lot of ever trekkers who do. But then some people are old school and just use a bottle because that works for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Dave. I just wanted to get that in before we, we carry on. Yeah. No, it's fine. No, it's a good. It's a good point as well. I think the bladder is far more convenient when you're hiking to yeah. have because you, getting your bottle is actually quite annoying. You got to retrain, take your bag off. Someone's got to put it in. So um, yeah, I, I'm. But I always have a bottle with me for when you're sat down playing cards and stuff like that. There's some talk about what you can. Can you bring the Colombian marching powder into Nepal? No. Wow. But when you're in Nepal, look up wild honey. Um, there's these bees that make honey from a, uh, the nectar of a flower that has a hallucinogenic effect and stuff like that. I'm not recommending it. It's just a fact. Um, <laughs> that stuff is out there nice in the name. ball. Um, uh, yeah, so Danielle Katie has asked, did you say the weight? Now, I'm assuming the weight is relating to the weight of the bag, um, your duffel bag. So it's 15 kilos is the yeah. maximum level. Now, there is some leeway. Um give or take a few kilos either way so it's more strict in Nepal if you go into the Everest region because you've got to take the Lukla flight Um, so they do have a a stricter limit there Um, what that means is and they weigh the bags and then they have the total if the total weight is over what the plane is allowed they'll take the heaviest bags off and then but you don't necessarily get told this so you'll fly to Lukla your bag will stay in Kathmandu or Ramachap and then you have to kind of liaise with the people back in the other side to get the bag on another flight that's got the leeway with the weight so I always say the best thing to do is make sure your bag is 15 kilos or less how do you do that well one empty all fluids out of it wear your heavy boots you know put a heavy camera around your neck and you know stuff battery packs in your pockets and things like that um but also you know i always like to say you know try and keep it to 15 kilos because it's not just the plane it's obviously (laughs) quarters back we're looking after as well same goes for tanzania there's a 15 kilo limit that is all about the porters um and looking after them and ensuring their health and their longevity so if someone puts a 25 kilo bag on there obviously that's you know a lot heavier for them to carry than 10 than 10 or 15 kilos um yeah. Um, Dave, scroll down as well. Yeah, I think that question was from last week uh, <laughs> on your WhatsApp. I just I just read that. Was that from Danielle Katie? 
<laughs> I was thinking, don't read any of the others. Because <laughs> there's quite a few. Let's come down. Let's come down to this week. Um, I know it's all right. It's all right, Dave. It's okay. So yeah. Um, anyway, that was a lovely recap of last week's questions, um, and I hope Danielle's watching hey. um, because very, very few people get the same question answered twice. Um, but yeah, and ne next question, mate. Crack on. Uh, well, actually, the next one is from Jerome. Uh, I like how you just let me have that as well, and you knew, and you just thought, I'm just going to let him answer it, get it out his way. It's a really good, really good answer. I think you want to snippet that out and put it out there, I think. Is yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, mate. Um, yeah, so Jerome was asking, what do you pack in your first aid bag? Which I thought was a good question. Travel. Um, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a mix, Dave. I, I, I suppose I'll go first, and, and, you know, the usual stuff, you know, you've got plasters, you've got um some tape for blisters some people take some scissors um you can have uh some use some people take um uh, what is it is it iodine um so you've got for for any cuts and things like that I, I, yeah. I do take a little bit of that um some sort of sterile strips you know basically what i, I usually go to say Cotswood outdoor and their sort of default um first aid kit for traveling is the one i use essentially uh, we're talking about high altitude first aid kits um, all the guides carry them so you know they've got all the stuff really if anything did you know anything did go wrong um you're covered but yeah on a personal level if you want to take your own first aid kit um you know i think that the usual stuff that you can get in there um you know things for the cover cuts and bumps and bruises and things like that some people take savlon um you know if you go to killy there can be some bugs around so you can take some um um sort of anti-bite stuff so you know if you get any bites and you can put some cream on some people take that um you know so yeah whatever you'd kind of use on a normal trip in the uk if you like in terms of uh, first aid kit and with a few added additions depending on where you're going to go yeah um, but yeah marky v makes a good point don't put that in your hand luggage uh yeah put it um uh yeah definitely put it in your um yeah yeah your check-in luggage or you know your duffel bag or your backpack, yeah. or your suitcase, wherever you're taking. Um, nice day. Right. Uh, yeah, what would you take? Anything else that you were taking? Um, the, kit, Dave? the Brad Pitt kit um, is, yeah. an, is an essential item for me. So um, one thing yeah. here that Andy McNaughton-Jones has said, which I'll link into my answer, is he's made a really good point, which is visiting a, um, a travel clinic. Um, I know uh, we recommend, um, I personally use Nomad, but there are a few out there as well. Yeah. Um, they, they offer a lot more accurate and um, actionable advice perhaps than even your GP because they're trained in knowing what medication can go where so I'm thinking Rebecca with what you need obviously no one's suggesting no one wants you to go there and not have the prescription meds you need in order to be able to function properly and enjoy your trip um, so visit one of those clinics and have a chat with them um, and I'm pretty sure as you know as long as you have like the doctor's note and stuff like that it's all going to be fine um, but yeah so I usually go to one of those travel clinics to get my first aid kit yeah. Um, and then I'll get a first of all we call it the Brad Pitt kit and that's just going to have some um, mild antibiotics and it usually comes with some mild antibiotics and some nuclear strength antibiotics um, and also just some hydration salts and electrolytes and things like that so if you do get diarrhea it doesn't have to be the end of your trip um, yeah. the rest of the stuff you know like um, the, the Gorilla slash T-Rex slash Brontosaurus tape that's in there um, zinc oxide tape and other than that I'm like a, I'm, I, I rattle because I've got so much paracetamol and ibuprofen and things like that. Um, so everyone knows to come to me if they, if they need like an ibuprofen or a paracetamol. But other than that, yeah, I just bring enough to last, um, you know, and, and that's mainly like just to manage like aches and pains. And um, the paracetamol is for if I have like a particularly annoying headache at high altitude. And Diamox, I usually get my own supply from a travel clinic. Um, I wrote a blog about Diamox um, that's got um, much more updated information and a, uh, yeah. some, a little bit like, you know, some of the, the layman's science and how it works and what it does. And we'll be posting that up um, this week. So you can have a look at that. But oh, yeah, yeah, Diamox as well. Yeah, good man. Yeah, I think um, Andy Andy mentions a good point there. And, you know, something I'm always, I think I've always been well, trying to communicate anyway, is that obviously, you know, a, a big respect for GPs and, and, you know, they're obviously going through a lot right now. But I think any specialist advice is certainly altitude. I think even when I, I spoke to my own GP and they didn't really know too much about the workings of altitude and that. And I think that can be, some do, um, you know, some, some doctors do. But when you, got, when you speak to a specialist, who, who kind of is used to speaking to people who are going a high altitude and then what what medication you need to use and this and that and how to manage certain 
um, chronic conditions and that. I think for me, I, I've always, and, and something I push is always go to a specialist. I always prefer personally going to a specialist rather than speaking to your GP because they don't know, uh, again, they might not know that the full sort of uh, things that happen at altitude. So, but obviously, you know, they do, uh, the GP could know your, your history a bit better. But I think in, in most cases, it's definitely best to go to a specialist. So yeah, yeah I agree. I agree with Andy there. Um, we mentioned that um, something yeah. um, always prefer. But that being said, you know, obviously it, it's completely up to you guys. It's just something that we um, uh, we kind of recommend. You know, I do. Yeah, I mean the GPs are uh, are amazing. But whenever I've gone yeah. there and asked them specifically, why why would they know? You know, like what yeah. I can take to Tanzania and what I shouldn't, other than the obvious things. Um, Rebecca, so you've asked about travel clinics. So, yeah, travel clinics are these. They're exactly that. You go there to get anti-malarials, vaccinations, travel advice, diarrhea kits, you know, all the sort of stuff that you might need to look after your body when you're away. I've put a little link to Nomad and um, I think Fee's put it in there. And I think, um, did Mark EV put it in there as well? I think so. He did. Yeah. Yeah, um, nice. yeah. Put the, the linking because don't forget you get a little bit of a discount if you mention evertrek as well yeah um just if you if you get in uh, having a travel con uh, consultation with them uh because if you need to get any vaccinations um you know any any pre-departure vaccinations maybe boosters whatever you need um again some some um altitude medication things like that then obviously nomad are the guys yeah um yeah definitely go to them we, we use them personally and um i say you little get a little bit evertrek a discount with them as well um great stuff dave what, what, what's your what's your next question that you can see uh so the next question from um this week um <laughs> one that, so yeah the one topic that i can see uh let's have a quick one um graham rule what duffel bag would you recommend um ah, good question, yeah. to be honest you, you you see quite a lot of different duffel bags out there the one that i really like is the base is the is the the north face, north face. base yeah. camp duffel bag uh why do i like it because it's tough basic it lasts forever it's been around 100 years and um, it's just really good and they do in bright color so you can spot it but also yeah. mountain equipment is pretty good yeah, um, osprey do pretty good ones um, or you can go to go outdoors and you can get um oh, do you know what? i forget the name of it but i bought one and let uh, gave it to my friend dan ae something i want to say i'll look it up um, but they're, they're a lot cheaper so the base camp duffel one yeah. mine is the large or the ex extra large which is 130 liters which yeah. is way more than you need for a trek but it's what i it's what i cut everything in i put 100 percent of everything in the duffel bag zip it up and that's what goes on the plane um it links with heather who's asked um can you take yeah. a suitcase with the duffel inside and then leave the suitcase and stuff uh, at the hotel a hundred percent um yeah you can bring your suitcase the duffel bag packs down super small and then transfer everything into the duffel bag and leave the the um the suitcase and everything you don't need in the hotel nice and locked and safe um shona's helped me out oex go outdoor zone brand yeah. if you don't want to spend very much money they're perfectly serviceable perfectly good duffel yeah, bags. you had one of them didn't you i remember that because i was thinking what, what was that i was thinking yeah it was go outdoors so yeah good good shout shona yeah. of course we know shona's a wealth of information she always uh, she's always on it with this the, the kind of nitty-gritty stuff yeah um shona you should be a yeti by now what's going on <laughs> um yeah no good good stuff i mean i use um i've got mountain equipment one myself dave i know you use um uh, north face uh, obviously the evertrek ones as well um yeah. but yeah really good question really good question with the yeah with the the way that the suitcase obviously i know it depends on where you're going isn't it i mean in nepal you obviously get your, your duffel bag uh, an Evertrek duffel bag to use on the trek and then so you could take anything really to the hotel you can leave at the hotel um i know some people have put their duffel bag and squeezed it into their um their suitcase and then just use their own duffel bag then when they land so yeah whatever works for you um but yeah just don't forget you can leave that at the hotel and you can use an Evertrek one if you're in the port yeah so um, andy mcnaughton jones a little bit of helpful advice there mountain equipment and north face bags are heavier than rab ones um you know i'll be honest i haven't weighed them but yeah i'm sure that might be the case because i know the rab do quite some lightweight stuff yeah, um, yeah. i'm not sure how hard wearing the rab ones are i have heard maybe andy will have different information but i have heard that they're not as hard wearing for instance okay. i've had my north face one now for about five years it's been on quite yeah. a lot of trips with me um and aside from getting some uh you know character building dirt and scuffs it's it's solid as a rock and waterproof um so i'm a big fan but yeah rab of course they're going to do great stuff and they're good for the environment rab are doing a lot for the environment in terms of um their clothes and the, the equipment that they provide so yeah good company 
Yeah, because we were chatting to um to Hugh James, who was on our podcast. Um, we recorded uh, week before last. Now that'll be up on Mount Malarkey podcast very soon, by the way, guys. Um, really top bloke. Um, yeah, he's actually um, sponsored by Rab, so he gets all of his gear from Rab um, because he he does a lot of um, outdoor science and, and teaches kids and people about it. But he also um, has a great connection with Killian Journey as well. Um, in terms of they do a lot of, um, I think they do a podcast together now. Um, and he's got he's quite good mates with him and has done quite a lot of expeditions with him. Yeah, and we we caught up with him, um, and yeah, he was talking about that kind of stuff. Um, I know, I know, but I know, it's not a spoiler. You can you can, uh, you can find out on Matt Malarkey podcast. <laughs> um, uh, another good question, Dave, because well, uh, this is around um, uh, Mount Tupcal. Yeah, um, which I know is, is quite a hot topic at the moment because yep. it's one of the only trips we're able to actually run currently um, uh, at the moment. But yeah, I was talking about um, I think it was from D, and it was do we uh, do we have our night luggage? Sorry, I'm not reading this right. Yeah, do we have our night luggage taken up for us on Tupacal and just carry water, coat, sunscreen? Yeah. So D, I presume. Yeah. So basically, when you when you climb in Tupacal, um, the last stop we we stay is like the refuge. So. Yeah, we don't carry your duffel bag after that because you're coming back to this after you've summited. So when you reach the refuge, that'll be kind of the final destination for your duffel bag. And then you will only take, uh, as you said there, you know, things like your water, your snacks, you'll keep your warm gear because you start your hike to the summit um, about 4 a.m. So, yeah, it's a bit of a beast, um, uh, you know, in terms of uh, climbing the Tupacal and you get the, the sunrise when you're up there. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, pack some warm clothes. And then when the sun comes out, you obviously, you know, weather dependent, you'll have the, the view of a lifetime. Um, so, yeah, D, can't, uh, can't wait to have you with us on that trip, mate. Awesome. Um, yeah, what's the next question? Then? I know we've, uh, wow, look at the time. Awesome. Um, so I have had a question I just saw yes. then. Oh, yeah, well, it's nearly been an hour. Um, so Ramona has asked, uh, do we get a duffel bag or do you have to bring your own? Uh, personally, I recommend bringing your own. Um, yeah. The only place that we give away the free duffel bags is in Nepal um, yeah. because we've got a really good relationship over there. We've got our own supplier and stuff like that. It's not as easy as that to do it in every country. Um, yeah. Well, obviously, that's the goal. But Nepal, obviously, we're well established there, so we've we were able to do it. But in uh, Morocco and Tanzania, we're not. Um, you can rent them from our uh, team over there if you want to. Um, I think it's around something like three to five euros a day for the duffel bag. Um, in that's in Morocco. Um, so yeah, but personally, I recommend bringing your own. Particularly, you're doing a lot of trips. You go on training weekends. You go everywhere. My duffel bag. I'll be honest, it pretty much lives in the back of a van. Um, and I've always got like a go bag ready. Uh, yeah. But I recommend anyone that's into sort of trekking on the regular basis to get their own duffel bag, partly because I'm really strangely attached to mine, <laughs> you know, and I love it. Yeah. Taking it on adventures and watching it come off the plane, like even more dirty than when it went on it, it's great. So I personally think get your own duffel bag um, and then you can use that wherever you go on your own adventures. If you go to Nepal, obviously you'll get given an Everdrek duffel bag, and that can be your duffel bag. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, it's a good question though, because you know we are working on um, certainly when we, we started doing the the free duffel bags. Um, it's probably about two and a half, three years ago now, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, struggle with with COVID because it's been such a nuts times. But yeah, on the at the moment we only do it on the Paul trips. Um, as Dave said, we're working on trying to bring that um you know worldwide um as we can as we, as we kind of obviously expanding our our range of trips um we'll certainly work to do it but for, for the time being i think for the next probably six months at least um yeah obviously you don't get one outside of nepal but you can you can hire them locally quite cheap yeah um yeah whilst talking about hiring stuff as well spud is on here doug great to see you on here caught up with spud the other day um yeah buzzing for tubecal yeah can't wait can't wait for november um, but he, do you recommend we take our own crampons or ice axe? Will we be able to hire over there? Um, yes, but I recommend, I mean, if you've got it, I, you know, no, no harm in bringing it along because you can, um, I say you can, it gets carried in the bag anyway, uh, but you can hire it locally. I mean, personally, you know, if you've got one, I mean, I'll be taking mine just because I'm used to it, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of used to having a certain ice axe and the, and the crampons have got the, the grivel, uh, there are you. So I'll, I'll, I'll take those over. So if there are any, um, you know, if there is, if it's needed, then then we got it. But you can hire it locally. Um, you know, when you get to Imlil um, before we, we we start our trip. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mate. If you, uh, I forgot if you've got them actually. I remember. I, I think you have. Um, but yeah, it's been Sir Edmund Spuddery. He's going to be fully <laughs> equipped. 
but yeah pr- pretty much yeah like in all of our trips you can rent the gear you need um you know i remember when i first went to nepal he wasn't actually with us but he ended up kind of with our group yeah. um he turned up with a pair of jeans and a baseball cap pretty much um and he, he had to be completely kitted out in fact he was trekking in jeans on more than one day um which did get noticed but um <laughs> but yeah awesome um yeah, and also yeah some people asking about where we get the bag ah shona shona's great isn't she? she like answer she's like there for us but shona knows yeah what shona has said there about the duffel bags is correct <laughs> so yeah awesome yeah was it what, what she put on there in terms of uh, the get like, duffel bag when we get it out? where we get it and stuff like that ramona saying she had to leave hers in the mm. pool and um i'll be quite frank that's cut me deep like there are other things in that bag you should have left like your passport like your wallet <laughs> there are i mean I, I i i don't know if i'm gonna ever recover from that that is quite upsetting to think that there's a poor disused evertrek bag hidden in the corner of some hotel yeah. but um yeah it's probably on its own as mentioned eh? Yeah, um, good question as well from Rebecca asking about um, any crampons and ice picks. Ice picks, I like that. I haven't heard that for a while. Uh, you recommend? Um, yeah, it depends on on the terrain. So with, um, I mean, we'll start with ice axes. There's a broad range depending on what you're doing because of the types of shapes you have. You've probably seen the kind of classic straight, um, I forgot the exact name of it now, um, but it's used for, what, for winter mountaineering. So classic routes in Scotland, for example, um, you know, non-technical routes, just literally walking and hiking up maybe a slope, um, you know, because you've got essentially a few parts to it. Um, you've obviously got the ice, um, the ice, ice axe, um, which has got obviously the sharp end and, and, and the other end, I think it's called the ads, that you can kind of cut steps and use that for traction. And then you've got the spike at the bottom, so you can use as almost like a pole. So a lot of it depends on the terrain. Like if you go to Tupcal, the ice axe that you need would be a straight one. Um, whereas uh, there are other ice axes that you can use. You've probably seen like ice climbing axes, maybe some that are semi-curved. I mean, that's a, another story. Um, but when you've got the ones that we use on, say, Tupacal in winter, um, if you use it in um, like Island Peak, uh, Mera Peak, um, even on Aconcagua, and the classic mountaineering ones, and they come in different sizes. So you want to make sure, and there's, uh, there's, there's obviously, there's a if you just Google, which ice axe do I need? Because it depends on your height, yeah. depending on which one you need. Because I kind of feel, especially when I'm trying to demonstrate now, it's in the room. But essentially, if you've got it, that you can, uh, um, you're hiking up, that you can. We do oh. have a display model that I can perhaps. Um, uh, I think it's nailed up. Is it nailed, nailed on? No, is, is yeah. it nailed in or is it just resting? Come on, please, see if you can see if you can get it for us. Yeah, that's um, the, is, weirdly. This is actually the one that I bought. That I then realised was uh, was fit for um, you know maybe your stepdaughter Ellie could use it. I've got an awesome black diamond one now with the painted Yeti imprinted on it. It was a great gift. Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Andy gets me some quite good gifts on occasion. He gets me some mental gifts sometimes, but then other times he gets me really good. Stuff. Oh yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Here it is, black diamond. Yeah. So that is. This is the Grivel. Yeah, that's the. The Gribble Munro. Yeah, it's, it's tiny, look. It's, it's for a child. Too small. I mean, you need a longer one than that. I, I forgot the exact, um, you know, the exact uh, size on there to go with specifics, but you need a longer one, essentially. Yeah. Definitely um, do, do a bit of research in terms of buying them. When If you if you are coming to um, all of our trips that you need to hire them, you can just try one that works for you. Because essentially what you want to get them for is that you can self-arrest. So if you slip and you fall and you're on snow, that you can easily dig it in and yeah. stop you from, from from falling um or you can just hold it and uh, like dave uh, looks like just, you're gonna just enjoy holding this axe now the uh, black diamond raven is my one i just looked it up the ra- that's it the raven i remember i thought i bought yeah. you when you put that one now i was thought i bought you a different one no yeah this um, this is one that i actually bought um on a whim because it was on offer um, so I nice. bought it on a whim and it, when it came, I realized instantly it's supposed to be too small because one of the things you want to do, obviously, is cut steps with it. But also a lot of the time you use them as almost like a trekking pole. If you're going through heavy yeah. snow, you're kind of hunched over and the snow's quite high. So yeah. you use this to kind of like help you make your way, but it, it's too small for that. So now it's yeah. just used for um, display and, you know, anyone tries well, to rob Evertrack HQ. <laughs> <laughs> no no it is, it is good i mean um something we are working on guys uh this week actually is getting some more whilst we're talking about uh, ice axe talk mention crampons a second because i know we haven't gone into that 
is that we are doing um, uh, some winter skills uh, this coming winter um, in Snowdonia, hopefully in Scotland as well. Um, because we, we we did some last year, obviously we had to reschedule them. We're looking at dates now. Um, yeah, so we can finally pry that axe away from axe murderer Dave, uh, as people seem to be calling Everyone say I've got a serial killer look. Remember, um was trekking with... Um... I quite like this. It's quite good for making a point. It's trekking with that. Um, who was I trekking with? Uh, who was that? <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm not even going to. Long time take, ago, uh, Yeah. Well, she said I had rest in serial killer face. Wow. Um, yeah, and I was like, well, if the if the shoe fits. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah. But Rebecca, I think, has asked as well. Do you really need the um, something like this for um, Gokil Valley or? The three peaks, three passes, no. and and not really no. No. Um, so at the most on um, the Everest treks that don't include yeah. a peak, you won't need an ice axe. Uh, there's potential if you're doing the three peaks or going over a high pass, you'll need yeah. um, some crampons. And if you do, the guide will provide them, and they'll be the kind of yeah. universal fit crampons that go on our normal hiking boot. So yeah, don't worry about any technical equipment for 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 trekking. It's mainly the peaks and things like that that you need them for. Um, nice. Yeah um and whilst we're talking about that as well yeah so yeah winter skills dates coming soon guys we will uh put those on the website and tell everyone about them because obviously we we want to run those trips um yeah. and yeah with regards to crampons so grivel um do make uh, the crampons um now you've got uh, i think it's the the 12 um spike um crampons and they're the ones that fit on uh, i think they're are they the c1 crampon dave um that we use on b1 boots um they're the ones um, that we, we recommend for uh, yeah so they're the, they're the the c1s yeah. are like the ones that have a cage on either side that's right so yeah, they yeah. don't have the whelk and the the, the clip at the back um yeah. so they have like a toe cage and then like a heel cage and then you strap that's them right. on um so they're perfectly you know usable for like trekking peaks and you know yeah. winter mountaineering in scotland or wales and stuff like that yeah. um if you use a b2 and a c2 then yeah it's got the the Basically, there's a whelk at the back, like a flat ridge yeah. where the wire goes in and then that tightens and clips the back in. And then the toe cage just goes over the front. And you tie them like that. Um, nice. So, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Yeah. No, sure. Rebecca's asked, um, what's the, how do you spell it? Grivel. So G-R-I-V-E-L, I believe. Yeah. Um, for that one, Rebecca. And yeah, um, Shona makes a good point as well. Yeah, in terms of B2 boots. Um, yeah. There was me off on my C1s, C2s, all these stuff. We'll have to, um, it'd be great actually to get Maybe Steve to talk about um, when he's doing winter skills. We'll have to go yeah. up and do some um, video content because uh, that'd be great to share for everyone, even if you can't go on that. Yeah, um, Steve's, Steve's really knowledgeable. Yeah, he's great. And because obviously he teaches all these winter skills, um, obviously he's, he's the man uh, when it comes to the winter stuff. So, yeah, hopefully um, we'll be getting those um, dates really soon for the winter skills courses because I, I know they're really valuable, especially if you're going to do um, – you know any of our sort of mountaineering stuff yeah um, at altitude which is uh yeah we can't wait but right dave yeah well it's been an hour now it's flown by but it's been been really good heaps of heaps yeah of no worries yeah it's, it's about that time before we start getting an elbow in the ribs i'm gonna <laughs> um i'm gonna keep the uh ice axe away from fee because she hasn't had her dinner yet oh, <laughs> lunch <laughs> so um, brilliant yeah awesome no it's been a great one love a kit chat I know, always, always great, isn't it? But no, it's, it's been really good. We hope it's been useful. Um, you know, talking about um, some of our packing secrets, and I know they, some of them might, might seem a bit obvious. Um, but you know, we wanted to sort of talk about them because you know they can be really valuable. And yeah. you know, we also know the value of small things making a big difference on a trip. Um, or was it what something we say is that small hinges open big doors? Um, and that's true on a trek as well. You know, that sometimes the smaller things can be yeah. sort of life-changing um on, on on these types of trips so yeah we hope that helps a little bit um <laughs> bri bri hey bri i haven't seen you he hasn't, he hasn't commented and now he's in i'll keep oh bri's here right Fee, we got to start over again for we Brian. Start again. um yeah right. for leah as well um just to let you know i am going to plan now growing a full handlebar mustache so i look a bit wow. like ivan malat um <laughs> yeah so, uh, andy let's go for some target practice okay. but um anyway <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah, no, uh, thanks everyone. And yeah, um, obviously we'll be back next week. Dave, any any final words? No, that was it. Um, obviously, you know, it's really exciting to get Tupcal um, yeah. going, you know, um, you know, actually beginning to feel like things are opening up and moving in the right direction. Um, obviously, Kim, he summited Tupcal. We've got another group coming now in about three weeks yeah, and then our group. Exciting. So it's actually great to 
you know, I think once things start happening, they'll go thick and fast. So if it is something you want to do, then just get in touch. And um, I'd love to get you guys out there and, you know, get you on top of a mountain sometime. Yeah, nice, Dave. No, it makes a good point. And, you know, yeah, we want to get back to doing what we love, which is, um, you know, getting back on these trips. And, um, yeah, super excited to, to, to get out there. Um, yeah, just saw Rebecca, a uh, quick question before we go. Where do I find the trip info for Snowdonia? Um, yeah, it's on our website. Uh, if you, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll see if we can find the link and we'll post it in the comments for you, uh, Rebecca. If you, um, if it doesn't save on there, do go to our website, the, the destinations page. So if you just go to destinations, um, get a little search. If you type in Snowdonia, it'll come up. Um, yep. You should be able to find it on there, along with all the trips that we do, um, especially in, in the ones in the UK, because uh, obviously we're, we are quite specialists in terms of we, we, we specialize in high altitude, but the stuff in the UK, is all planning to um, to do the higher stuff. So we, we understand the importance of doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, definitely. I'll see if I can find the, the link now um, for the Snowdonia and while we're on here. Um, yeah, we've got all, the time. got all the time in the world, mate. All the time in the world. Uh, Just going to move go. that axe a little further away. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have got it here. Uh, <laughs> how far away is it? Here we go. I'll chuck it in there. There's the Snowdonia winter skills. Um, that's the um, that says no dates on there now, so you can't book onto it. We're, we're looking at getting some dates. And we'll be yeah, I've I've, uh, I've been speaking to, to Steve um, today about that, so he's going to get back to me with some dates, and then uh, hopefully we'll get that sorted. Obviously, the dates are weather dependent, um, so we do need a degree of flexibility with you know because um, we haven't got <laughs> the ability yet to create snowfall in Wales on demand, but um, you know one day soon. Well, we're close. We're close. We're, we're not a million miles away from doing that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, trying to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye. Bye.